0: Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We should be rejoicing. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with us this morning. We are getting ready to step. We are stepping into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We need you this morning. We want to be on one, in one mind, in one spirit, and in one accord. Because when we are in one accord, we know what can happen. Great things can happen. So we are ready to worship, to magnify, to praise the Lord. If you're ready to do that with me, come on, let's clap our hands. Let's get ready to fight some things. We're going to put whatever is trying to take up our forefront, we're going to put it behind us and say, Lord, this is your day. We're here to worship you and I'm here to magnify you. I want you to make today personal. Make today personal. Say, God, I didn't come here for nothing. I didn't come out of my bed to just come here to word and go home. I need a change, and I'm expecting a change. And if you're expecting a change, you're going to do something to get that change, right? Amen. So come on, worship with us this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands.
1: We give God praise for the name. All I need is that name, amen? Because that, the name breaks yokes. The, the name brings deliverance. The name, the name, the devil is scared of the name. The devil, I said the devil is scared of the name. Salvation is in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I just go around, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Sometimes I don't know what to say, but with honor is and moan sometimes God will intercede through me. Jesus. Jesus 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 Jesus
2: Jesus Jesus Oh! Oh! Oh!
1: When I need help I call on that name amen in the name of Jesus, every devil has to flee. Every stronghold has to come down. At the name of Jesus Christ, dead is risen back to life. Marriages come back together. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, blind eyes is open. In the name of Jesus.
2: Deliver us. There's power.
1: Oh, God, there's so much power. The devil don't want you to know the power. He doesn't want you to operate in his power. Oh, God, but at the name of Jesus, he only gave me one word. That's all I have to use. Just one, just one, one, just, just one word. Yeah. Welcome, Christ in a church, where Christ is our central focus. I like when it says Christ. That breaks the yokes, Amen. That I don't want pastor preached the other day about. I don't want to be a church goer, Amen. I want to be in the church, amen? Amen. And I want God to be able, I want to be able to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, amen? amen? Wherever I go, I want to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And we want to pray this. Do we have any prayer requests in the house? Amen. Look at the hands. Look around, look at the hands. Amen. Look at the hands. I said this morning that this is a hospital, amen. And when I come, I come for healing. Amen. Because what I need, doctors can't do. Not the physical doctors, amen. So some things is in my soul that man can't reach. Amen. And I need the power of God to be able to reach in and pull it out. So I want to give God praise and honor. Grab your neighbor hand if you can. Grab the hand. Amen. I believe in togetherness always. I believe it's one. We are one. Amen. We're one church, one family, one Lord, one baptism. Amen. Yes. And I believe that this break yokes. Amen. The Bible says when they all came together in one mind in one place. Then the Holy Ghost fell, amen? And before we pray, I want to pray for Janelle. She just had a baby. If you're listening, we want to pray for you and your baby. Pray that God will be with them and protect them. And if they need healing, whatever they need, God, just at the name of Jesus. I told you, we only need one word, amen? We also want to pray for Janet Williams, Sister Scarlett's um, his sister. She's in the hospital. Um, she needs a doctor to figure out what's going on in her body. But I believe that God can do it. Amen. God is so powerful. Amen. Your prayer, you may pray here, but God hears it, then he sends out the angel. Amen. Whatever that prayer will do, it will go out to a whole other country. It will do something that we can't do. We cannot, you know, again, but that's the, that's what power does. That's the name, that's the prayer does. Amen? So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Pray for the person, that hand that you're holding. Again, that's a soul. I told you, it's a soul that you're holding. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, precious God that you are. Hallelujah. Father, forgive us for our shortcomings. Forgive us, O God, for our sins. Cleanse us, O mighty God, I pray. Forgive us for the things that we looked upon that was not right and pleasing to thy sight. Forgive us, O God, for the things that we've done, O God, in our bodies that was not right Forgive us, O oh God, I pray for the things that we have done knowingly and unknowingly, O oh God. Because you know all things. Father, I pray, God, that you would touch the hand that we hold thee right now, God. Deliver, God, set free, God. Send out your angels right now, God, and camp around this house. Lord God, I come against every spirit that is not of you. I bind it, I loose it uh, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. uh, I call God, I speak. uh, Deliverance right now uh, in the hand that we're holding. I pray God uh, that you will raise them up. uh, I pray God uh, that you will watch over them, God. uh, I pray God uh, that you will minister to them, God. uh, In the name of Jesus, uh, heal God, uh, deliver God, uh, set free God uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. uh, Lord, have your way right now. uh, Those who are listening, oh God, uh, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, uh, send out, oh God, uh, your angels right now, God, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, oh God, uh, you're worthy for the praise. You're worthy for the honor. You're worthy for the glory, God.
2: Thank
1: you, God. Deliver, God. Set free, God. Heal, God move, God, in their lives, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, have your way right now. We bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name.
2: Do you believe He is for you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. Hallelujah, Jesus, have your way. Have your way.
3: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Don't you just love our praise and worship team? Amen. Amen. My God. That's okay. A few more seconds is fine. A few more seconds is fine. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 If he did it for you this morning, that's okay. That's okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated if you can. All right. All right. So I want to tell you about a term that I recently heard about a few weeks ago, actually. um, We were on a youth call and Brother Ethan brought up this term that I actually never even heard before, but it was really good. He talked about clean fun. Clean fun. Amen. See, see, the world thinks that all we do is just go to church and we don't actually have fun in our walk with Jesus. But they're wrong. Amen. That it is possible to actually have fun. Clean fun. Clean fun. Tell your neighbor, clean fun. Our young people need to be able to have clean fun because if we do not give them the opportunity to have clean fun, guess what's available for them? Unclean fun. Amen. But that's where CCC comes into play. Tell your neighbor, we did a thing. We did a thing. On September the 10th. At 3.45, CCC will be hosting the ultimate game event. Now, what is this event? We have a game truck. You with me, Kevion? A game truck that hosts about, I believe it's 16 monitors. We'll be playing Madden. We'll be playing Fortnite. 2K. Y'all don't want the smoke. I see y'all. Y'all don't want the smoke. We'll have virtual reality. And we'll also have other games out there for those who are not as good with uh, games like myself. So what does this mean? This means that we need the participation of not just the young people here. We need your friends. And I do want to add this, that this is an historic event. There's only three companies that serve this area. And I told the the, the leadership team this. And when I spoke to all three companies, none of them serviced an event like this in a Hamilton area for a church. So this is the ultimate opportunity for you to invite your friends, your guests. Amen. Cost. What does it cost? $7 if you register on Eventbrite before the 31st. This is for the CCC youth. But guess what? Your friends, your family, they will be free. There is a discount code that myself, my wife, brother Ethan, sister Gabby will provide for all of your friends who wants to come and they will be able to get in for free. There's also financial assistance. If anyone in this church who needs it, amen, where is it? You should know right out front. Christ center church. We should be happy about this y'all. Amen. Amen. So, if you're a young person right now, not if you consider yourself young, but if you're young in age, I want you to take out your phone. And if you are not so young in age, also take out your phone. This is the only time you can take out the phone. Raise it high. Come on. Oh, how y'all let Brother Calvin beat y'all? Come on. <laughs> All right. So I want you to go on Eventbrite and register. If you are a person, a, an older person, and you know a young person, register for that young person. Amen. We want a turnout like Hamilton has never seen before. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. And lastly, I don't want any young person leaving here today without seeing myself, Sister Crystal, Ethan, or Gabby in registering. If not, I will find you, and we will have problems. Amen. All right, give the Lord a hand clap.
4: Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Isn't God good? He give us so many blessings. Undeserving. We ought to praise him. Amen. We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone this morning again in the house of God. Amen. We're so honored that you're here to worship with us this morning. And before we uh, move on with our remaining portion of the service, we want all of our first, second, and third time guests. If you're here, we're going to invite you to stand with us so we can recognize you. All of our guests that are here for the first, second, and third time. Amen. Come on. Look around. Give them a round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And Lord bless you. So honored to have everyone in the house of God this morning. You may be seated. Amen. Praise God. We thank you for joining us this morning in worship this morning where Christ is our essential uh, focus this morning. Amen. Everything that we want to do here in Christ and the church, we want to do it in the name of Jesus because God... Give us the ability, the strength, amen, together together in His presence where we can worship Him and give Him praise. Just continue with a couple more announcements. Uh, on September 16th, there will be a prayer walk operation in, in Hamilton Township. That's right here on Greenwood Avenue. The address is 2100 Greenwood Avenue. Right here, there will be a prayer walk, amen, and it's going to start at 9.30 a.m. Amen. So mark on your calendar on September 16th at 9.30 a.m. We invite all of us to be a part, if your schedule permits you to be there. If you can move things around on your schedule to be there, we'd recommend you to be a part of our prayer walk. Amen. 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 And let me ask another question. All those that have a cell phone, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Everybody, I'm sure everybody have a cell phone. Amen. So listen, at 5 a.m. every, from Monday through Friday, we have what is known as a spiritual journey prior that we have online. Amen. I'm going to ask AV if they can put up the link, if they're able to put up the link. If not, we'll um, send you the link. But if you're able to sign on with us and prior meeting from... 5 a.m., whatever time. It's from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. If you're able to sign on, we'll advise you. There are great things that are happening when we pray. Amen. Great things happen when we pray. Great things are happening when we're praying, amen. So we're inviting you to be a part of our prayer meeting if you can every week from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. You know, um, this past Friday I was able to be at the back to school um, rally that they have up in uh, Prospect Park, and um, when the speaker went up to to preach, you know, the emphasis was about you know the children are getting ready to go back to school, but pray. If there's ever a time we need to pray is now. Never take prayer for granted. Amen. If you want things to work in your life, make sure you go to the Lord in prayer, because that's the only way the Lord's gonna move. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, Amen, uh September eight and nine is our men's retreat. If you have not yet signed up for that, please come and see me or see someone. We can get you signed up for that. It's the time we're gonna get away with all the men praise and worshiping God. Always a good time to praise and to magnify the Lord. Amen amen we're going to ask you to stand with us one more time amen we're going to get ready to receive our offering this morning so we're going to ask you to stand with us amen as we pray and ask the lord to continue to bless us and be with us if you're able to stand with us we're inviting you to stand one more time amen praise god father in the name of jesus we give you glory and we give you all the honor lord god We thank you in advance for what you have already done, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing for us in this hour and the time that we're living in, oh God. As we are about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing, oh God, upon every giver, those who have to give and those who have not likewise, that they too can receive your blessing. Lord God, we ask you to bless us and keep us, Continue to bless this facility, Lord God, Continue to use us for your glory, Lord God. We ask you to touch every family, every home in this place, oh God. Help us not to forget where you brought us from to where we are. We ask you to bless us like never before. Oh God, we give you all the glory now, Lejana, as we worship you. You this morning in the mighty name of jesus and everybody said, everybody said amen everybody said amen everybody said amen amen we want you to bring your tithes and offering unto the lord this morning if you're playing electronically you can go to the back there's two um, pads back there we can uh pay, pay tithes and offering give a good offering this morning in jesus name
2: our feet and lift up our hands and lift up our voice. Hallelujah. Somebody speak the name of Jesus in the place. Hallelujah. Can we just shout Jesus in the room one time? Hallelujah, Jesus.
5: It's wonderful. It's glorious. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, when you don't know what to do, just say the name of Jesus. Oh, he will come. And he will respond to his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. You can call anybody by their name and they can respond but they can't do what Jesus can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He can call anybody you want to call by their name and they'll respond, but they can't do what Jesus can do. We serve the true and living God and his name is Jesus. When you understand who Jesus is, It just makes you just, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not good enough to say God. Is he God? Yes, he is. But the name is different. Because some people have gods that don't have names. But the true and living God who is the creator of all things, he's got a name. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And when you call him by his name, he will respond. Many people have gods and they want their gods to respond to them. But oh, our God has a name and his name is Jesus. We thank God for the revelation of his name. There is only one God. Tell your neighbor there is only one God. And his name is Jesus. Amen. You don't want to learn any other way. Because that's what the Bible teaches. That Jesus is the only true and living God. What a wonderful, wonderful time to be in the house of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We've already rejoiced and we will continue to rejoice and be glad in it. We thank God for all of you that are here this morning. Amen. I, I must tell you that because you're here, the word of God this morning is for you. It's God knows who's coming. When God directs me what to speak, he knows who will be here. I don't. Amen. He knows who will be here. And because you're here this morning, guess what? God has a word for you. Because he knew you would be here, so he is going to make me speak to you what he has for you. Not for anybody else. You can't worry about your brother who should have been here. Can't worry about the person this morning who told you they were coming, but they didn't come. You just got to say, I'm here, and whatever is going to be spoken today, it's for me. It's for me. And so I welcome all of you in the house of the Lord. Welcome you to christ Center church where Christ is our central focus. He is doing some great and marvelous thing, things in this church, and we're grateful. Amen. We, I just want to tell you, if you're a young person in this church, and you know, we'll consider young person if you want as far as age from anywhere between 12 and 35, 36. That's young. Once you get over that, once you get, once you get over 40, you are no longer young. Once you're over 40, you're no longer young. And what it means, though, is you have a whole lot of wisdom uh huh, that the 40 and below don't have. So, you know, the younger ones might, might be young and energetic and have the strength, but the older ones have the wisdom and the experience and the insight. So wherever you are in age, just thank God for it. But the young people are on fire in the North Central Jersey District. And God is doing some phenomenal things with our young people. We had a great service this past Friday night up in Prospect Park, New Jersey. And I'm telling you, the young people just had a great time. God did some great things. We had a back-to-school district uh, uh, service, and it was just wonderful. We elected a new youth president for our district, and certainly, he has just—he has hit the ground running. And you know what I love about him? He has taken the instructions that I gave him, and he is running with it. When he got elected, well, when he got appointed, I told him, I says, "Reach out to all the pastors in our district and let them know you want to connect with their young person." whoever is leading the ministry in the church, that you want to connect with them because God is doing great things with the young people. And man, he didn't hesitate. He reached out to every pastor and told him, hey, I'm the new youth president, and I want to help your young person that's leading the district. I want to help them to just bring the church, the young people together because there's great things in store. So if you're between the age of 12 and 36, This is the place for you because it's not just about here in this local church, but we have a district that goes from North Jersey all the way to a little part of South Jersey. And so there's young people all over that want to get together. And so come support our event that we have September 10th. That's a Sunday. It's 345 that you need to be here. And you need to come, and it starts at 4 p.m. exactly. The young people, if we're going to reach them, we have to be able to reach them where they are. That's one thing I love about God. He will reach you wherever you are. You might not want Him to reach you. You may not respond to Him. But wherever you are, God is so good that He will reach for you just where you are. And so we have this great um, event to have the games for the young people where they can get together and they can fellowship and they can have clean fun. Because as Brother Hasker said, if we don't give them an opportunity to have fun and keep it clean, the world will bring them in and before you know it, you're going to be finding out things about your kids that you become disappointed about. You know why we get disappointed? We weren't making them do the things of God. I know that we are not living in that kind of time. Like when some of us grew up, our parents made us. Oh, you're going to church if you live in my house. Now, some of us parents wake up and let our kids stay in our house and we go to church and leave them. You must be mad. You got to find someplace else to live. You not let me go to church and you lay in my bed and eat my food and stay on my roof, but you ain't going to go to church. Because the only reason why I got this house, the only reason why the food is in here, the only reason why we're doing well is because God has blessed us. I'm I'm supposed to go get God's blessing and give it to you to do nothing with it? So we ought to make sure our young people go to church and we ought to make sure they get involved. Because I'm so concerned, and you know what I'm talking about, parents, that we wake up one day and all of a sudden we said, what is this? When were you doing that? When did you get involved with that? Well, if we're making them get in church and get involved with what Christian young people do, we won't be surprised by their actions, you know, later on. So get them to come to this event, September the 10th at 345. We get started at 4 p.m. exactly. And we want to start to see them grow in God. And God has some great things in store for all of us, especially our young people. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. So don't forget, next week, we've been trying to have this meeting for the longest. Next week, right after service, we want all of our business owners, all of our entrepreneurs to meet with us in the, in, next door in the fellowship hall to just discuss. the the. We just want to get all the business owners together so we can kind of have our network working so people will know what kind of business businesses are in the church and what we can do and how we can help and if you want to learn how to start your own business we want you to know people who have done it and we want to make sure we we have to use all of our resources that God has given us and there are people in this church that are business owners that have their own business going and if you want to get your own business started why not start with someone that you can trust. That's one of the challenging things to do is to start a business and to know who to trust. Because everybody wants something for themselves and, you know, you try to get people to help you and they won't help you unless they get something out of the deal. Well, if you're a part of this church, we will help you and we're not looking for anything out of the deal. Somebody say amen. amen. So that's what we want to do and we want to see all of our business owners prosper and they will prosper if they put God first. Zechariah chapter 4 verse number 8, if you will turn with me, stand with me, if you put that on the screen, Zechariah chapter 4 verse number 8, we're going to get right into the word of God. If you would just give me a few more minutes and pay attention. We have done many things since the service has started this morning, but here is the most important part of the service because God is getting ready to speak to your soul and what you do with what God says this morning will determine where you're going after this. Somebody say amen. amen. It is important. It, it sometimes don't make all the sense in the world how God does things because it's easy to just see a normal person like yourself standing up here, and you might just think we're just um, saying some words, or we just um, learn some scripture that we are sharing with you, or you know, we 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 just giving some kind of talk. That's not what we're doing up here. When God puts someone in this pulpit to stand and speak his word and declare his word, it's not just the person standing here. God backs that person and works through that person so that person can deliver God's message to his people. That's how it's always been. That's why you read your Bible. If you read your Bible, you will realize. I was telling somebody the other day, I was teaching a Bible study to I said, don't feel shy to tell people Man wrote the Bible. For many years, people get nervous. Man wrote the Bible, so I ain't trying to listen to the Bible. Well, how else were we going to get the Bible written? How else was the Bible going to be written? By who? God wrote the Ten Commandments, and that's all he wrote. Everything else, he used man to write what he wanted them to write. So it's God that's the author But man is used to write God's word. Now, when you don't know God, you're going to say, but man, you know, they make mistakes. Okay, true. But believe me when I tell you, until you experience this for yourself, man cannot make mistake when God is working through them. So man make mistake on his own. But when God is in charge and working through that man or that woman, can't make a mistake. And the only way you want to receive that is because you don't know God. When you know God and you understand he's all-knowing, think about that, that God is all-knowing. God knows everything and everybody's thought. He knows what we don't know. He knows everything. And if he knows everything and he's all-powerful, how in the world will he all allow this Bible to be wrong when this is the way he has chosen to speak to us and to save us? How do you think he would make this wrong? Not possible. But when we have a way of not wanting to be totally obedient, we leave a little wiggle room to do what we want. We have to give ourselves the out. What's the out? I don't don't know about all that. You say you don't know about all that because you need wiggle room. Wiggle room to still do what you want to do and not do what God says. So you can say all you want. But I know one thing, and this is why I'm standing here and I will continue to preach. Because I know everything God says, it will it shall come to pass. No man can stop it. No devil can stop it. Whatsoever God says, it will happen. It will. So it's so much easier just to embrace God's word and to obey it and say, God, no wiggle room. I am going to obey it, and even when I'm struggling with obeying it, it's right, and I need to do everything I can to obey it. Zechariah chapter 4, verse number 8. The word of God says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, same thing I'm telling you, the word came to a man, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, His hands shall also finish it. (laughs) And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts had sent me unto you. You will know whether you don't know now, you will know later that God has sent me to you. For who had despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see. The plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you will do before we leave this place today. I place myself under your authority And in the flow of your spirit will you put me, that I may speak as your oracle, not as I want to speak, but as you speak. Let me be your echo and just echo your words, Almighty God. I pray that you will touch the hearts of your people and we will open our hearts and let the word come in and let the word transform us. I pray that the Spirit of God will operate in the midst of this congregation and that the supernatural power of God will do supernatural things before we walk out of this place. Lord, I pray that you will do exceeding and abundant above whatever we may ask or think. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you on this topic this day. Take care of the small things. Take care of the Of the small things. Emily Dickinson rightfully said if you take care of the small things, the big things will take care of themselves. It is a human characteristic to always reach for something more, to do more, to be more, to achieve more. To conquer more. Seldom, however, does a person lay hold of bigger things without first taking care of smaller things. God wants to do what you cannot even imagine in your life. This, to me, is probably one of the most challenging things or thoughts that I, 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 I go through in my mind and that is how much God loves us and how much God cares for us and how much God will make our life so much more better than what we can ever do on our own, but somehow we don't allow God to do what he can do in our life. Somehow we allow ourselves to just keep on doing what we can do and not yielding to God. For him to do great things in our life. I think most people struggle to understand the value of small things. We want to do great things, but we don't quite make the connection between small things and big things. Mm -hmm. Great oats grow out of small acorns and great harvests From small seeds, but it all starts small things. God has called us, as simple as it sounds, before you leave here today, your life is going to change if you will agree to take care of the small things. Mm -hmm. Small things can become great when the Lord is at work. Small things will become great when the Lord is at work. But I'm here to tell you a lot of times we want the Lord to be at work in our life while we just sit idle. And that's not how God will work because God says we ought to walk by faith and not by sight. And faith says I trust God to handle the big things while I take care of the small things. So when we sit idle and say God will you work in this situation you're not exercising faith. And faith without works is dead. And if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. So when we take care of the little things, we're demonstrating faith. In Exodus chapter 4, verse number 1, the scripture says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord had not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, had appeared unto thee. Why did I read that to you? Moses. Doubted his ability to fulfill God's plan and purpose as he did not think people would believe God could use him. I say this all the time for all of you. Hear me closely. You're here today to be a vessel that God can work through to be a blessing to the people you're connected to. Some say it was over 2 million, some say it was over 5 million Jews that were enslaved in Egypt. Whether it's 2 million, whether it's 5 million, whether it's 7 million, it doesn't matter. Of all those people, the Lord saw fit to choose this baby named Moses to deliver people. So it's time that we get over ourselves in thinking that we're insignificant. It's time that we get over ourselves in thinking that I don't have what it takes. It's time we get over ourselves in thinking God can't do something great in my life because God has proven time and time again in the Bible that he will use small things to do great things. All we have to do is trust the Lord and do what we're supposed to do With the small things. You're not too insignificant. You've not done enough wrong that God can't do anything in your life. You have hope. Always, if you are breathing, as long as you have breath in your lungs, I don't care what you went through last night. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did last week. I don't care what you did ten years ago. If you have breath in your lungs, it meant God kept you alive. And if God kept you alive, you got to say, why, Lord? I could have been dead a long time ago. Why, Lord? I could have been locked up doing life in prison. Why, Lord? Lord, I could have become an alcoholic uh, walking
6: around crazy. Why, Lord? I could have been something
5: different than what I am today. Why, Lord? Because it ain't luck. It ain't happenstance. It's because God loves you. It's because God has a purpose for you. It's because God wants to do great things in your life. That's why you're here today. But somebody better hear me. You can't take what I'm telling you for granted. You got to believe that what I'm saying is God speaking to you, that I called you, and I have great purpose for you, and I will do great things through you. You must know that. That is me all along that have kept you, and I will. Continue to keep you if you will do the small things. The small things. Take care of the small things. Tell your neighbor, take care of the small things. We tend to see Moses as strong, wise, and in control. But when God first spoke to Moses from the burning bush, And gave him a mission to convince Pharaoh to let God's people go. Moses did not immediately obey. Some of us are like Moses. Instead, Moses made excuses. What what excuse you been making? What excuse you been making? (laughs) and telling yourself, well, it could, that couldn't be God. You are making excuses, and God is saying, come on. He's not saying it like that. That's me. But, but, but I just can picture God saying, come on. What do you think? I'm, I'm some weak God? What do you think? I'm not all powerful? What do you think? I'm not all knowing? Why are you giving me these excuses as to why you won't do what I tell you? What are you afraid of? What are we afraid of? Why are we afraid to do what God says to do? What are we afraid of? Ask your neighbor, what are you afraid of? Did they answer? (laughs) Who am I that I should do this, is what Moses said. What would I say, is what Moses said. To each doubting question, God reassured Moses of his enabling power, and then finally, as if God was tired of Moses and Moses' excuses, God gave him an object lesson. Mm -hmm. This time, it was the Lord asking the question. God said to Moses, what is in your hand? Moses knew he had a staff, but watch this. He thought... That staff was useless. Here we go. Can we learn from Moses? He thought his staff was useless. But was Moses wrong? God taught Moses that he could take whatever was in Moses' hand and do great things with it. Church, I'm here to tell you, you might think what you have is insignificant. You might think that what you possess is not worthy of anything. But God wants to know, what do you have in your hand? Because you might think it's nothing, but I can take nothing and make it into something. church didn't start like this did the church start like this for those of you that was here why are we seeing god's hand and the signs and the demonstration of god's power and we're still reluctant what are we reluctant about what are we holding back for When we have seen God's hand. And here is the thing about that. What will we tell God when we stand before him as to why we didn't listen to the preaching and obey the preaching? What are we going to tell him? What's the great excuse that God's going to say, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know what? I'm I'm going to overlook that because that's a good one. (laughs) Greatness doesn't happen without the power of God. Moses replied, it's just the rod. Then God said, cast it on the ground. So Moses cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. God miraculously turned the rod into much more than a stick for herding cows or goats or sheep. He turned it into something more than what it was. And what's crippling us is we're looking at our circumstance. We're looking at what we have and thinking that how in the world would this amount to anything? How in the world can I get anything good out of this? I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how hard and difficult your situation seems. I don't care how broke you are. I don't care how much you feel you have made a mess. I don't care what it is that you are walking through, that you are seeing. I'm here to tell you God can turn that situation around. Uh, God can use just something small that you will give him and turn that whole thing around. He can. Small things, we got to take care of them. Later in the book of Exodus, God used the rod as an instrument for other miracles. Moses waved that rod over the Red Sea and it parted. I thought it was just a stick. I thought it was just a stick that Moses was telling tell the sheep, get over here, get over here. That, that, that's all it was to him. Uh, get over here. I don't even know if he knew what, how to use it. He just knew shepherds walked around with it. Because when Moses got to Midian, he wasn't no shepherd. When Moses ran away from Egypt because Pharaoh wanted to kill him and he went to Midian, he wasn't no shepherd. Moses was living in a palace. What did he know about shepherding? Nothing. So he must have looked around and saw his father-in-law had this, you know, the stick using it because, you know, that's what shepherds do. And he says, oh, I guess that's what you're supposed to do when you got herds. And so he started walking around with a stick too. Like he was some shepherd. He wasn't no shepherd. He was a fake shepherd. But he saw his father-in-law doing the things. He, matter of fact, he saw what became his sister-in-laws and, and, and his wife before she became his wife. He watched them probably do a better job herding shepherd than he did because he had no clue what that was all about because he was in the palace when he was with Pharaoh. But all of a sudden now he walking around with a little shepherding stick. <laughs> and God used that stick to do great miracles, to part the Red Sea. Then he waved it again and closed the Red Sea, drowning Pharaoh and his pursuing army. Moses struck the rock with the stick in the wilderness and cold water flowed out of the rock. And the revi- and the people were revived that were dying. And I'm here to tell you that same stick that... And, Useless to Moses, it seemed. It meant a whole lot more after God began to use that stick. I'm here to tell you, that stick don't just represent the stick. It represents us as people. It represents us as people. <laughs> oh, hear me, somebody. Don't tell me about your education this morning. You don't have to have a, 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 a education from a Ivy League. You don't even have to have an education from a community college. You don't have to have no great education for God to use you. Do I promote education? I sure do. And you need to go to school. And you need to get a great degree. And if you can get some more degrees, go ahead and get them. But you don't need that for God to use you? All you need is to take care of the little things and God will do great things in your life. If he can use a rod to, to be the point thing that, that will part the Red Sea whenever it was waved, what can he do with somebody that's human, that's living and breathing, that can think and that can reason with God? What would he do with somebody that will just yield to him? If he can use a stick like that. A stick. The key to fulfilling God's plan and purpose isn't found in having it all together. Come on. Let me slow down. See this. Many of us are where we are today because we went ahead of God. What do you mean by that, preacher? Because what you hear me preach that God is telling you through what I say, you say it's right. But you don't do it because in your mind, you're thinking about ahead. So before I close today, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give your life to God. And you're going to say, yeah, I need to do that. But you're going to think about ahead because you like to drink. You're going to think, man, that's wasting time. Give my life to God because I'm just going to go and drink again. You like to smoke? That's a waste of time. Give my life to God because I'm still going to light my spliff. And, I, you know, just whatever you think you do wrong, I'm going to still go to the casinos. I'm still going to cuss. I'm still going to have sex out of marriage. And so you have all that in your mind that you're thinking that you're going to do. So you know what you say? I'm good. I just got to get it together. Man, the devil got your mind warped, or you got your mind warped in thinking that you have to get it together before you can give your life to God. That's backwards. That's backwards. You know how many people have been trying to get their life together? They're 60, 60, still trying to get their life together. 60, they've been living 60 years saying, I'm trying to get it together. They ain't got it together yet. Because you can't get your life together. So no matter how much you think your life is a mess, no matter how much you think you can't live for God right, you don't worry about that. That's not your job. That is big things. For us to continue in our salvation, that's a God thing. I did not think I could stop drinking alcohol because I'm still drinking water. I have an aunt in Jamaica. When I used to go to Jamaica all the time, Brother Chubby, she called me bottle. Why she called me bottle? She never saw me without an alcohol bottle. Every time she see me, I had an alcohol bottle in my hand. So I drank all the time. My drinking was what you would call it was part of, uh, I don't know, you can't call it fellowship, but it was part of who you, it's social. Okay. That to, 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 to be in the crowd I was moving with or just to present myself, I wanted people to know my drinking was about being social. You know, it, it, it blends in. As a matter of fact, I'll take a little step further. Some of y'all don't do this. So if I can, I'm just telling you, if I can get delivered from that, if God can work in that. For some of us in my time, y'all might be doing it now, but y'all still behind. For some of us in my time, the kind of drink that we drink send a message of who we are. Yep, that's how far behind me you are. Because you don't even understand that. Depending on where you are, you are judged by what you drank. If you drank a Budweiser, oh, you're just simple, just a regular guy. If you drank cold 45, you were the hood, alcoholic. If you drink Heineken, okay, 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 you're doing a little bit better. And we can go along the line. You don't understand that, but I'm telling you that, that you get graded by the people around you by the kind of alcohol you drink. So they make a declaration about who you are when they look at, see what's in your hand. Maybe, Sister Crystal, I'm still who I am. Just, I don't drink anymore. Maybe that's why I drink Fiji. Because I'm still trying to be who I used to be without the alcohol. Because y'all know Fiji ain't no regular water. So because I used to drink single malt scotch, and when you saw, and you saw that the 24-year-old single malt scotch, you're like, ooh, who, who that guy? What he know about single malt scotch, you know, right? oh, he on a different level. I'm drinking Fiji. Tell y'all I'm on a different level. I ain't drinking Deer Park. I ain't drinking Nestle. Drinking Fiji. Mm-hmm. You ever notice we get guests preaching, they get a Fiji, they said, is that mine? Because they don't expect for y'all to give them this good water. But the point is, if I can stop drinking, because that's how deep I was into the drinking. Y'all just drinking just to get high, get drunk. It's crazy. I, dr- I drank to say, this is who I am. But if God can deliver me from that and save my soul, he can do the same for you. But the problem is you won't surrender to God and do the little things because you're worried about God can't deliver me from this. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Let me tell you how powerful God is. When I took my last drink, I was drinking a 40 ounce Bex. Not 40, 20 ounce the big boy. Y'all don't know. They still make big boys, Cal? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cal. I should have never did that to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cal. Why would Cal know about that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Why am I saying this? <laughs> but anyway, I think they used to make 20-ounce, you know, the 20-ounce Heineken the 20-ounce. We used to call them the big boys. Somebody, you know. And so I remember Friday night drinking a big boy. I took about two sips and I don't know what came over me. Went and poured it all down the sink. I never took another drink. I went around my boys for a little bit and they called me by my street name and said, yo, you don't drink no more? I said, nah. Then you ready for the big one? I wasn't married. They said, you ain't having sex no more? Because they know me. I said, nah, they said, oh snap, they got worried and scared, like what in the world is happening to you? My point is, I didn't try to figure out how I was going to get delivered from fornication. I didn't stop to try to figure out how I was going to get delivered from drinking. I just did my part. I just did what the word said to do, and God took care of the big part. Oh, somebody got to hear me this morning. Somebody need to hear me this morning. The key to fulfilling God's plan and purpose is found, is not found in having it all together. It isn't found in the ability to do great things. The key to doing great things is by being faithful with whatsoever you have in your hand. It's important that you realize what you hold in your hand today may not be big, but if you will trust God, if you will do the little things, I'm telling you, it will become great things. Just as God used the little stick, that little rod, He can use people in the same fashion. Uh huh. But the best thing you need to sh- begin to think about now is, what, what do I have control over? W- what is in your possession that you have control over? For some of us, it might just be our time. You have control over your time. For some of us, you have control over what you think. The devil will always sometimes come and throw some things in there, but you can, when they come, put your mind on something good. Mm -hmm. But we have to ask ourselves, what is in my control? What is something I can do? Even though it may seem small compared to something big, I still have to ask myself, what is in my hand that I have control over? Most people do not realize the value of small things, so they never see... The small things becoming something much more significant. We ignore small things. We belittle small things. We treat small things that is no big deal. Let, listen to me. Dreams do not become realities by simply dreaming. <laughs> Nor do they come into existence through merely planning. Action must be taken if we want the small things to become something much bigger. Many small things strung together result in big things. Let's look at the text and we'll take it home. In verse 6 of chapter 4 of our text, the Lord told Zerubbabel that it's not by might Nor by power, but by his spirit will he accomplish this great thing. So let's just start right there to realize whatever great thing that God is going, and I'm here to tell you, I got to keep telling you, God wants to do great things in your life. I know you can't see that. I know you're not understanding that. But it's okay. This is why God always had his prophet to go and declare his word. Because we just won't believe certain things. But you're here today. And I want you to trust the word of God. That yes you. Yes you. God want to do something significant and great in your life. Yes you. Yes you. Tell your neighbor yes you. And so it's not by your might. It's not by your power, but it's by God's spirit will those great things manifest from your life. The task at hand was too great for Zerubbabel to accomplish it on his own. What God wants to do in your life is too great for you alone to accomplish it. It's not by your might. It's not by your power, but it's by his spirit that the great things will be accomplished. It would take the help and the power of God for Zerubbabel to do what he needed to do. Help me, Jesus. God told Zerubbabel that the work would entail him being involved in many small things. Somebody say small things. There's a lot of things that, that, that we need to do that's small for God to do great. Uh-huh. He would use a plumb line to make sure the walls were straight. He would help to make the mountain plain. The pile of rubble would be brought low and the debris would be used in the reconstruction of that which had been torn down. Little stuff. Little stuff. Do the little stuff, Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel will bring out the cornerstone and set it in place while shouting, God did it. God did it. God did it. And that's why we ought to start doing the little things. Because if we will start doing the little things, when God does the big things, we will be able to shout and say, God did it. Yes, he did it. I started doing my part, but I can see it was God that did it. Somebody told me not long ago, that if we were in Africa and God blessed us with this facility it would be a long time before the preacher could preach because they would run this church all day every day just worshiping and praise God because they know that God did a miracle I don't know what y'all think I I, I told y'all this is why we don't see a whole lot of miracles in North America because I think we take for granted that God did this. Uh-huh. Over 2 years ago, we said we needed to get a bigger place. For those of you that don't know, we were in a fire station with a little house, little little schoolhouse. I don't even uh, now that you look back and you think about it you're like how did that all work? And we know it worked cuz we were there, right? But if you think back from where you're sitting right now, and says, hold on, how did that work? And we decided because God gave us instruction, he says, get ready. Because we're going to take you into a new place. And Brother Scarlett probably got the most laugh. They laughed at me first, Brother Scarlett. But then you started picking it up every Sunday. If somebody can give us $1.6 million, we can go buy the place. And I'm sure a lot of people sat in those chairs and like, y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. What y'all talking about, $1.6 million. Look at this church. Who in the world got $1.6 million in here? How in the world y'all think that? And so they just started just kind of being cool. This church, so people are respectful. It's church, they're going to be respectful. But every time you got up and say that, I'm sure some people looked at each other like, mm. I hear him. I would love for God to do it, but that's <laughs> the stretch this thing. hmm hmm And we started our spiritual journey and we started making our pledges. This property price didn't change from 1.6 and some change. And when all of our money came in, I think we were at probably about I don't know, 270000 No, we probably got it about 170000 But, you know, with some more stuff we had, I think we got up to about two seventy. But when we all gave our money, we probably came up to about $170,000. What did this cost? 1.6 in some change. Okay, so how in the world was $170,000 going to get us into this building? We got to understand that God did a miracle, but we're not understanding. He got us in and then says, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to get your financial bearings back under you because I'm going to let somebody else pay your mortgage. But we still ain't getting it. The Lord brought us in here and then let us have tenants who pays our mortgage, but we still don't see like we got a miracle. We just chilling. I shouldn't have to preach faith for a good little while in this church. We should be just singing and praising and shouting and thanking God because we know he can do great things in our lives. Because he has shown us by bringing us here. (laughs) Nobody gave us, just, just let me clear this up before I move on and close up here. Nobody from the outside, I argue with our leadership. Because they wanted to promote from the outside for people to give us big checks. Nobody from the outside gave us big checks. Nobody decided they're going to do something special. Nobody gave us, you know, from the outside 20,000, 50,000, 100. Nobody did that. It was all about our little change that got us to about 170,000. And what we could do was very small. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You, 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 you measure $170,000 compared to $1.69 million and tell me how much money is that? Nothing. Peanuts. It might be a whole lot of money to us, but $170,000 compared to $1.something million? Change. But we gave what we had. Small things. This is what God is trying to get us to understand. You do those small things. And he will do the big things. The big things he did. We didn't do the big things. He did the big things. We just did the small things. And that's why we're here today. Despise not the day of small things. Somebody say small things. We should not despise the day of small things because the power of God can still render the feeblest instruments productive of the greatest results. We despise little things and think them beneath us sometimes. Our thoughts and measurements are so different from God's thought and God's measurements. Can I tell you why we overlook small things sometimes? Pride. Listen to me. Don't, don't, don't leave me yet. Pride makes us not pay attention to the small things. Oh my God, we're on to something here. For God to give you something great and for you to keep it, He has to make sure you're humble. And so we demonstrate pride by ignoring the little things. And that's why God will not do big things in our life until we start doing the little things. Because us want to see big things without paying attention to little things, breathe pride. And God is not in anything that's prideful. When pride is reigning supreme, God is not in it. Because pride comes before destruction and a hardy heart before the fall. And so God cannot allow you to obtain anything great when pride is in it because you're just going to be destroyed. You're going to fall. So God is Speaking to us today to tell us you got to pay attention to the small things, and if people laugh at you, it's okay. It's okay because you got to start somewhere. I am sure people laughed at us when we started Christ Center Church in 2014 in the fire station doing Bible study with just a couple people. I told you the days when I stand in those two glass doors at the fire station wondering if one person would come to Bible study. Then I wonder, would anybody come to church? But here we are today. Because I couldn't allow my pride to get into the way. Just trust the Lord and do the little things. Our great Savior, Jesus Christ, he came into the world as a weak little babe. His great kingdom commenced with 12 men, most of whom were unlearned. They were the first missionaries. His church started with just 120 people. Truly, God chose the foolish things of the world that he might put to shame them that are wise. And God chose the weak things of this world that he might put to shame the things that are strong. The church started... With 120 people, today the church is known and the church is thriving and well. Don't make light of small things. Those who despise the day of small things will never accomplish great works. It is dangerous and disastrous to make light of the small beginnings of, watch this, the small beginnings of evil of sin and of bad habits. For many of us who weren't born in church, little things that we did when we started out and it became so messed up. Our world is at a place where we're, we, we won't, we are accepting things that if we would have just handled when we were way back then, It wouldn't have been a problem now. But we let a lot of little things slip through. A lot of little things we let go. And now today we're wondering, how do we fix it? And then guess what? We said, we can't fix it. We might as well just go with it. Well, I'm only going with what God says. I don't care what the government do. I don't care what society says. I am going with the word of God and whatever God says is what I'm going with and I'm not changing because that's what's good for us and that's what's going to help us to be great. Not the way we're going, not doing what we're doing because everything that is contrary to God's word will come down. Nothing that we do that's outside of God will prosper. Uh, Y'all quiet on that one. All right, I'm closing. Bible history is the record of God using small things. When God wanted to set the plan of salvation in motion, he started with a little baby named Isaac. I know that's way back in the Old Testament, but we don't realize Abraham was willing to give up his only son. And God says, there it is. Faith. Faith. And it's by faith and through faith that we will be saved today. But but we had to demonstrate faith before we could be saved. And so God started way back then with little old Isaac. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. When he wanted to overthrow Egypt and set his people free, he used a baby's tear In Moses, floating on the river. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, he did. Can you imagine a little baby crying in a little basket, floating on the river, is God's plan to deliver millions of people. We got to get this thing together, church. Don't we? Don't we have to get this together? Because when you stop and begin to think about these things, you start to see, my goodness, God, you just, you are incredible. This little baby in the basket, crying, and that was God's plan? I'm going to let Pharaoh's daughter take him in and raise him up. And he's going to be a mighty warrior, and he's going to learn all he needs to learn, and then I'm going to use him to deliver Israel. Only God can do that. He used a shepherd boy, David, and a sling to defeat the giant Goliath. And he used, as most of us have read, a little lad's lunch to feed multitudes. God has always taken pleasure in using small things to make them great. He uses small things to to bring about great things. Never despise the days of small things for God is glorified in small things and he uses small things to accomplish great things. We need to start valuing the small things. Uh-huh. We need to begin to value the small things. We can never become anything substantial if the Lord doesn't work in us. If we will take care of the small things, God will make sure the big things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. God gives his people dreams and visions that are much bigger than they are. You hear me? God gives you dreams and visions that are much bigger than you. Never in a million years did I think that we will be someplace like this at this time. Listen, you can go out there and study. I'm not talking about rich people just, just wanting to start a church. You go out there and look and see which church you know in eight years moved from a one-room schoolhouse fire station to here. You go find it out and come back and let me know because you ain't finding that no place. Very few. Now, if, if, if God was in it, sure, it could be done. But what God has done for us, that's not normal. We, were supposed, we skipped a whole lot of steps. Whole lot of steps. We were supposed to go into a storefront after that. We were supposed to do something else after that. We were supposed to do another thing and then probably we get here. Maybe that's why a lot of people didn't help us. Here's a revelation. A lot of people didn't help us because they thought we were crazy. Y'all ain't here from God. What y'all are trying to do, nobody does that. So I'm not sinking my money into that sinking ship. I'm telling you, just came to my mind. Maybe a lot of people didn't help us and give us no big offering because in their mind, there's no way y'all can be in that little firehouse for eight years and you're going to be able to move to a place that ain't possible. So what's the sense of giving you our money? I'm done with that. You won't hear me talk about that no more. Uh Uh-huh. And so I close. I close by telling you this. There will always be something we cannot do. Something that's totally outside of our control. But God doesn't want us to worry about that. God is not, he doesn't want us to worry about what we can't. He wants us to worry about what we can. And I believe it's a simple, simple thing, but we have to admit that we are Led to to do the opposite. We're led to worry about the big things. What if, what if, what if? As opposed to just saying, let me just do what I can do. God will take care of the big stuff if we will take care of the small stuff. They only need, we only need to be faithful with what we can do. If we will take care of our part, God will take care of his part. Now, I want you to stand with me as I close. I'm going to tell you the final things that God said to me this morning. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20, the scripture says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh. In us. And so here is what the Lord shared with me that I want to give to you. Your thoughts, your small insignificant thoughts, doesn't matter if you will focus on taking care of the small things that you have control over. All of your thoughts, they don't matter. In God's eye, They don't matter. All God wants is for you to focus on the small things that you have control over. The Lord put into my heart to share with you this morning that many of you are stuck in a rut. Or you are in neutral. And you can't seem to move forward. In Christ. You're not doing anything, quote unquote, real wrong. You feel like, why can't I move forward? Why do I feel stuck? I'm not really doing anything wrong. But God has sent me to tell you today, it's because you have overlooked the small. You're stuck in a rut. You're stuck in neutral because you have overlooked the small things. God says if you want to move
6: forward, you
5: need to go and pay attention to the small things. The Lord has sent me to tell you That if you will start taking care of the small things and be faithful in doing so, he is going to do a new thing in your life. This church, if you are a part of this church, I don't care if today is your first time or this has always been your church. Hear me clearly. God, for eight years, completed something he started for us. He started us April of 2014 in the fire station. We started Bible study. And our first church service was in October 12th of 2014. We are approaching eight years of the existence some will say we passed it of the existence of this church and God completes things in 8 year periods 8 8 and I feel the Lord wanted me to share with you to let you know he's getting ready to start something new and usually when he's getting ready to start something new You feel stuck. You feel like you're in mutually. You can't move forward. And you're wondering, why can't I move forward? And God want me to tell you, that's because He has you right where He needs you to. He has gotten your attention now. Because He wants me to share with you that there's something new that He's getting ready to do in your life. There's something new that He's getting ready to do through you and in you. Because this is the time. But he wants me to share with you. and say, remember though, you started small. Just like Zerubbabel when he was building the temple. You started small. You started looking like you were insignificant. You started like no big deal. But you started doing the little things. You started from a Bible study. And now here you are. I fulfilled an eight year period where I did what I wanted to. Now... This is a new eight-year period that I'm starting, and I want you to start doing the little things again. This is why I'm talking about this. He wants us to start doing the little things again. And if this is your church, if you plan to make this your church, God wants you to start doing the little things again. Don't worry about the big things. Just like we couldn't get ourselves here, where he's going to take us next, we can't get ourselves there. All we have to focus on is the little things. And so here for some of us, the little things, the little things. Some of us, we need to start praying 10 minutes a day. Forget about an hour. You pray an hour because that flows from you. That's something that flows out of you. If you pray an hour, it's something that's flowing out of you. So, so to say you're going to pray an hour, slow it down, slow your roll. Start with 10 minutes. We've got our spiritual journey prayer. If you get on for 10 minutes and you pray 10 minutes and you get off, we're okay. It's not there for you to pray the whole hour if you can't, but it's there for you to pray with other people that are praying. So if all you can pray for is five minutes, get on. If all you can pray for is 10 minutes, get on. If you can only pray 15 minutes, get on. It doesn't matter how much time. Start with the small things that you can control. And so if you can only pray for 10 minutes, if you can only pray for five minutes, it's okay. Start with that. Don't be intimidated because you got people praying. Calvin praying all one hour time. Oh Lord, we love you. You got people going for a long time. and you saying, I can't do that. So what's the sense? God didn't call you to do that. Just pray 10 minutes. Just pray five minutes. For some of us, we don't really pick up our Bible till Sundays. Just pick up your Bible every day. Just read, if it's one passage of Scripture, one one paragraph, pick it up and read it. Put it in your mind. For some of us, we need to add one more church service to the amount of church services that we go to. For some of us, we need to add another church service. Maybe you haven't been to a Wednesday night Bible study. You need to add at least one Wednesday a month to come to Bible study. Little things. Little things. He's not asking you to to just do all little things. Because he works with and through little things. You know what you have control over. You know what you can do. And that's all God is asking you to do. Is start doing the little things. That you have control over. And he will do the big things. And so I pray today that you will start. You will hear what God is saying to you. And say, Lord, close your eyes with me. Close your eyes with me. I want you to begin to think, what small thing, what small thing can I start doing? That God will begin to work with and make it better and make it bigger. What small thing that I have control over that I can just begin to do and God will begin to move. Remember, it's God that will do exceeding and abundant and above whatever we may ask or think. It's God that will work in us and through us. It's not that we have the power to make it take place. But we do have the ability to do the little things. Our time, we have ability. We have have control over our time. We have control over the things that we do or not do. Whether it's prayer, whether it's reading our Bible, whether it's, it's, it's coming to church on time. Oh, we can do it, church it's just little things at a time lift your hands and talk to the Lord right now and
6: ask him to help you that let this word don't fall on deaf ears today but hear the word of God and begin to do what God says we need to do Father in the name of Jesus I ask you almighty God that you will move on the heart of your people that from this day into tomorrow and throughout the week that you will keep in our hearts and our minds that we must begin to do the little things, the small things, the things that seem insignificant, that we should not worry about the great things, the big things, because you have it under control. And I pray that somebody today will all God begin to do the little things, the small things, that they will give you what's in their hand Say, God, this is all I have. But all that I have, Lord, I give it to you. All that I have, Lord, I give it to you. Somebody, give God what you have and let him do what he can do with it. He can use it to do great things, but you must first give it to him. Oh, here I am, Lord. I give you what I have. All that I have. I give you my worship. I give you my praise. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. And you may do just what you want to do. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, somebody worship
2: Have your way, Jesus, in the life of your
6: people. Let them see that they don't have to do the great things. Let them understand that they don't have to do the miraculous things. And if they will trust you, and if they will give what they have to you, you will do the miraculous. You will do the great things. It will, use, it will be you that will work in your circumstance, in their situation. In the name of Jesus.
2: Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 The, the Lord will take care of me.
5: If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you need to do so. If you've never given your life to the Lord, Should give your life to the Lord today. I'm not going to get into any details. The Bible says we must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And if we have not done that, we need to do that. That's a small thing that you can do. That's a small thing that you can do. Come on. I want my kids, my two youngest kids, to come on. Come on. Come on, drummer. Come on, Apple of my first page. Lord, this is my boy right here. This dude and Ethan, I can't tell you how much, I'm reluctant to, to even say anything because what God is doing in their life, They don't miss nothing. Ethan and Jordan come here. Ethan and Jordan man they on the road. Jordan be telling us they had service Friday night at Prospect Park. Prospect Park is just a little above Patterson and Jordan told me the night before I need to drop him off over Ethan's house. I said what time? He said 1030. I said 1030 in the morning he says yes. I dropped Jordan off over Ethan's house and they Drove up to Prospect Park that day. They had rehearsal in the daytime, and they was there all night long. We didn't get out of service till after eleven. They was in up there all that time. I just shake my head and I just thank God for it that they just loving God and had, they on fire for God. Sister Shauna, we saw you. Sister Shauna, you come on. You know by now how it works around here. Sister Shauna made sure she support her husband. She let, him, she let him go to youth congress and, and she was checking in every minute. I don't think she's gonna miss youth congress next time. Either she's just going in to support her husband. But she was up there, she there supporting her man. Shawna, big ups to you. That makes a big difference when your man or your husband, your wife is doing for God and you supporting it. So big ups to you. I just appreciate what God is doing in all your lives. That's a little thing it might seem, Shona, but you had control over that. You have control over going wherever your husband goes. You can stay home, but you can also decide to go. I told my kids that they're not going back to school without being baptized in Jesus' name. They both filled with the Holy Ghost. She was filled with the Holy Ghost in 2016, and I think you were filled with the Holy Ghost 2020, 2022, got the Holy Ghost 2022, and so they haven't been baptized in Jesus name, but I told them they get baptized in Jesus name before they go back to school. So today they're gonna to get baptized in Jesus name. I already gave them the instructions about baptism and what it's all about, and so they know. So Jordan, brother Calvin, to get you ready. Peyton, Sister Scarlett, we'll get you ready. Getting them ready for baptism. Then my kids, and I'm going to raise them up right. It's up to them what they do when they get older. But I don't want God holding me responsible talking about what did you do? Adult children should never embarrass you. Underage children, when they don't do right, you are embarrassed because they're under your tutelage when they're under age and whatever they're not doing it's because you are not doing something about it but when they get older they don't embarrass me they can do whatever they want I know I raised them up right anyone else today you're a young person and you're ready to give your life to the Lord hallelujah we have refreshments on sale next door you can go and enjoy the refreshments But before you go, let me pray in dismissal for each and every one of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for speaking to our heart. Lord, we are reminded that we must not despise small things and that we must not neglect to do them. Lord, as we go from this place, keep it in our heart and our mind what we've heard today. That we will become doers of those things that you've spoken to us. Lord, we love you. Lord, help us to grow in you. Help us to embrace where you're taking us. To start another journey in you and keep following you. Some of you that are here today, you're getting ready to see relatives get saved. But you got to make sure you're consistent you got to make sure you're living right. You're going to see relatives get saved. You're going to see even you grow in God like you never could have imagined. But it's because you started doing the little things that you could do. Father, keep us as we go from this place that no harm or danger will come to us. We give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. In Jesus' name.